You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. This is the Just Baseball Show, Friday, October 5th, twenty November 5th. We're in November. What did I just say? Oh, October. yeah. October. <laughs> no, Friday, November 5th, 2021. Jack McMullen, Splits God, Peter Apple, newly elected mayor of New York City, Aram Layton. What's going on, guys? I want to hear about the newly elected mayor. Yeah. I would never run because that means I'd have to stay here. So, but my first, what, what do you think my first plan of action would be if I were mayor? The rats. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. What about the rats? I don't know, but the rats. Eradicate them. Literally. They're, just, all, they're all below the sewers. So you got to just send in like an atom bomb below the streets of New York. I would release all of the cats from, you know, wherever they keep them. You know, I don't even know. I don't even, do they even like worry about animals here? Like, do they have the, the kennels and stuff, which are messed up, especially if it's a kill shelter, release them all, let the cats take care of business and, and eat all the rats. And we're, we're good. You sound like Montgomery Burns right now. Release the hounds. <laughs> Release the hounds. You make some references, dude, that I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. No, isn't that what uh, isn't that what Mr. Burns from The Simpsons said? Montgomery Burns. Montgomery Burns was Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. You watch The Simpsons, Pete? Yeah, I'm glad I'm staying out of this. No idea what you guys are talking about. Are you serious? More of a South. No, no, like I know, I know Mr. Burns. He's like the uh, he's um. He's Homer the, uh, Bill. He's like the villain or something. Yes. In Simpsons. Yes. Yes. He ah. said, "Release the hounds." News to me. God. 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 I'm gonna watch Dune tonight. Do, have you guys ever heard of that? Are you do plan? Yeah, on I did hear Saw the trailer. Yeah. Almost watched it last night, but was busy doing Colts Jets research. God. What we got Thursday night football today? I mean, but we're releasing tomorrow. Yeah, we're gonna be bold today. Peter and I both put out five bold predictions for the 2022 MLB season. We're going to dive into those. Um, Aram's going to grill us on those and tell us why we're an idiot and why yep. we're an L account. And why we lost <laughs> L ratio bozo. <laughs> yeah, ratio idiot. Uh, <laughs> and why we lost all credibility and we should retire. Um so we'll do that. And then Arm's got five more bold takes. Peter and I have three more. But first and foremost, Arm is fresh off the plane from Houston. Just talked to him, not recorded earlier today about the city of Houston. We don't need to get into that because chances are we've got one or two fine folk li- uh, listening from Houston. But how was game six? I mean, it was fun, man. It was really cool. I, the last time I'd gone to the World Series was 2008 uh, with my dad in Philly for uh Phillies versus Rays which was which is crazy like we're old that was David Price's like first year uh Jimmy Rollins Ryan Howard Chase Utley so I kind of had this moment when I sat down there where I was like whoa you know I'm watching Jordan Alvarez now and the last time I was at a World Series I saw rookie David Price that was a pretty crazy uh realization in terms of the game itself the Jorge Soler homer was worth the trip alone I mean 
What what was the distance on it, Peter? It was four forty six. Wow, velocity Absolutely. of one oh nine. I mean, I tweeted it, and you said the same thing. I was like, wow. that went four seventy five plus. That went over the train tracks. That went that went into Austin. It, it was it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And, and we were sitting on. I went with my mom. And we were sitting on the uh, third base side. So I kind of just watched it sail above us. And I've never seen a ball take off that way. Like I've seen Stanton hit some crazy rocket home runs, but that was just the most majestic home run I've ever seen. And I looked, I watched the ball sail out. I looked back at the batter's box and, and Soler is still just standing there. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, dejected is the word I would use for Astros fans. I, I'm sure Peter, I wish I could have like given you a live look from my eyeballs like they do with the 4K cameras in the football game. So you could just see all the Astros fans. But that's it, kind of funny. That's the thing, Arm. It's like I'm not anti-Astros fans because anti the Astros fans, I feel like they've been wonderful throughout the whole thing. My thing always with the Astros there has been cheating throughout baseball history, and I don't hold them all to that same way. But with the Astros, it was how they dealt with it afterwards. Yeah, Bregman. lack of apologies. The to reporters, like, why are we talking about this? All the the way they handled it was what set me off against that team. But it's funny. I like a lot of their individual players, and their fans have been wonderful. So. I just, I don't know what to do with these damn Astros anymore. Well, and what hit me hard, speaking of the guys that didn't handle it well, uh, Carlos Correa, you know, that very well was the last game of Carlos Correa's career with the Astros. So I got to see Carlos Correa's final ball game as an Astro, um, which historically speaking is pretty cool. And speaking uh, to that, we have to talk about, we're doing the free agent spotlight with Nick Castellanos today. After we do some of our bold takes, we got to ask you about it because Arm just wrote, everything about his drastic splits yes, and why they might not be too worrisome. Right. But yeah. We'll talk about that after all these bold takes. Absolutely. I, I dove deep into the uh, deep into the numbers and the analytics and everything in between. And it's pretty crazy. RM, you just mentioned that this was the first world series game you've been to since 08. That was yes. in Philly. Phillies won that world series. Yes. Peter, I'm going to give you a chance to name every 2008 Philly you possibly can and Aram, you're going to fill in the cracks here. I love this. I love this. All right. Do I just go now? Just go whenever. Cliff Lee, Roy Holiday, Cole Hamels, Chase Utley, Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins. Yeah, oh, no. no no Cliff Lee. No, here. no, no. What do you mean no Cliff Lee? No Cliff Lee. Roy Halliday, Cole Hamels, Roy Oswalt. No Roy Halliday. No Roy Oswalt. You're thinking later. You're thinking 2010, 2011. It's hard. It's hard. Especially sneak on the spot. Uh, Carlos Ruiz. Yep, he was the catcher. No way. Carlos Ruiz. Uh, Shane Victorino. Yep, the flying Hawaiian. Um, Pedro Feliz. Yeah, he was the third baseman. Wow. Okay. How, about, how about the corner outfielders? Oh, good. Bobby Abreu? Ah, uh, no. Mm. Oh, Pat Burrell? Pat Burrell, yes. Jason, no. Not yeah. Oh, this is hard, yeah, Jason Worth was on that team? Jason Worth. Jason was Worth, there you go. Bang. Okay, I'm in. Trust me, they the told starting us, nine. They told us on standardized tests, right? Like, trust your first. Yeah. You shut that thing down. You would have, well, like, was like, Phillies? No. I was like, yeah, Phillies. Worth, before he got paid. Or was that when he got paid? No, that was before he got paid. Before he got paid. And then who else am I missing? Brad Lidge. You've got the starting nine here. Uh, Brad Lidge was the closer. Chad Durbin, Ryan Madsen were in the bullpen. Oh. A young J.A. Happ made four starts for that Phillies team. Wow. The starting rotation, Cole Hamels, Jamie Moyer at 45 years old. I think he played for another 12 years. Uh, Brett Myers was in that rotation, as was Kyle Kendrick, Adam Eaton, not Adam Eaton, the outfielder, Adam Eaton, the pitcher. I remember him. Started 19 games. Joe Blanton, 27 year old Joe Blanton, also started 13 games. How did that oh, team? Win the World I Series? was just thinking about a completely different team. <laughs> thinking about 2011. Yeah, I was. Yeah, that's the more memorable squad. I yeah. Mean, yeah. One where Roy Holiday threw a no hitter in the playoffs instead yeah. of Joe Blanton. Instead of Joe Blanton. 
That's a great, that's a fun memory lane one right there. When we're doing off season trivia, which, you know, we're going to start ramping up in a few weeks. Uh, that'll be a fun one. Just like name, fill in the roster from 2008 and just pick a random team. Um, the, the Rays squad was pretty crazy too. We'll save that one too. Yeah. But that, that was a good one. That was that good. Was like, Getting to some bold takes. That was like a verbal sporkle quiz. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do bold takes. Let's save the new ones. And dissect the old ones. We're going to go rapid fire through the old ones. They're not even that old. You can go to our TikTok at just baseball fans to get into those. But we'll start with Peters, who are the oldest because they're a whopping two days old. You dinosaur. Let's start it. Number one. Wander Franco wins the MVP and leads the Rays to the World Series. Aram? I mean, one to tell me I'm incorrect. I mean, what Wander Franco did... Uh, in the postseason has me believing that he's capable of anything on this planet. Um, I obviously it's a hot take. So we have, it's a bold take that he's going to win the MVP. Like I don't have a problem with it at all. Uh, He is special. And I think what he showed on the defensive side of things, I always thought he was a good defender. He now looks like a great defender. Now you factor that in hell, man, I could see it. He's the type of player that could be, I, I know he lost rookie status, but like win rookie of the year and MVP. Like he's yeah. that kind of special player that you don't see very often. Cause I was always thinking, my thought was I was watching him in the playoffs. I'm like, this is going to be by the end of next season, the second best shortstop that Fernando Tatis Jr. With, I think the ability, like this guy could hit 300, hit 30 home runs, steal 30 bags and play an incredible defensive shortstop, which would put him near the right there. It just Fernando depends. Tatis. And then if he can do that in his second season, and I don't see why he can't. He's number one prospect last year, the year before. How long yep. has he been a number one prospect? Two years. Two years. This is the next guy. And I'm staking the claim. I had the Rays winning the World Series in 2021. I'm confident that this team is that good, that they can go back. They'll get Tyler Glasnow back. Shane Boz, another year of him. Tyler Glasnow's not coming back next year at all? so. They not next traded. year at all? He also might get traded. My understanding but, is not until the very end of 2022, and that's thinking optimistically. Interesting. I was under the assumption we were looking at an all-star break, but you might be right. I still am with it. I like they, got, they got there without him anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I What I will say to that is Shane Boz needs to be what he is advertised as, and I think he will be. Shane McClanahan's got to take a step up, and I think he will. I'm right there with you. I, I don't see any reason why the Rays aren't going to the World Series. They've got about five dudes in their system, too, that including uh, Jaden Murray, who we just did a write-up on uh, on JustBaseball.com with an interview, and he was really interesting to talk to. Incredible command, actually some of the best command in the minors. They've got like four or five guys in double, triple A that – they might not be aces, but could slide right into the back of that rotation and give you innings. And who knows if that they end up taking a next step next year, but they got plenty of dudes that could fill into that rotation as well. And, and two more rays that I want to mention before we move on to take two from Peter um, Vidal Brujan. I know you're not crazy high on him, Aram. I am still very much the thinking that Brujan can be a very good second baseman at the major league level. I think Brujan can be a contributor as a switch hitter that can hit pretty fine from both sides. And then while you may not get a healthy Tyler glass now, if I'm not mistaken, you are getting a healthy Brendan McKay for next year. And McKay's a big ad. So I like it. That's that Peter take two. Number two. The Braves re-signed Freddie Freeman, which is not a hot take. I think that's like a 99.9% probability, but here's where it gets rougher. Austin Riley wins the NL MVP and the Braves repeat as champions for the first time since the 1999-2000 Yankees team. My thinking there, Austin Riley provides that type of bat that a Josh Donaldson might have back in the A's days. I like if Austin Riley can hit 310, hit 40 home runs, drive in 120. He'll have Freddie Freeman back providing that stability. Ronald Acuna, Ozzie Albies, he'll be tucked into that lineup. I think he he's, what, 24, 25 years old. He's only going to get better. Repeating is going to be tough, but they're going to get Mike Soroka back, Charlie Morton, Max Freed, Ian Anderson, Huascar Yanoa. That's a five. Bullpen repeat champs. Yeah. I think Mike Soroka is a big X factor there. And I, I don't know what the deal with Soroka is. I'll tell you this. 
I watched him. I was at the World Series. He was walking around, and he wasn't walking that well. Uh, he still is still is really hobbled, and I don't know what the timeline is. But if he comes back, like Peter says, I mean, that's a huge boost. That was the guy that was probably one of their better or best arms uh, going into the year, and of course goes down with that injury and then tears it again. He wasn't walking great. You know, I'm not sure what the Achilles recovery is like after a second time. Uh, but if he's good to go. I think Noah will get his legs back under him and be good next year. Ian Anderson took his game to another level. Uh, I think he's going to have a, a really good year next year as well. That's a really fun team. They've got some prospects where they could go make a trade if they wanted to. Uh, we'll see you. We talked about it a couple episodes ago about which outfielders they're going to keep. I'm assuming they're going to keep one of them. I think Jock makes the most sense. Yeah. Um, and I think that would be a nice guy to compliment their situation there. We'll see what they do at shortstop. I could see them looking to upgrade, but after what Dansby did at the end there and what he means to the team, I doubt it. Um, so they'll probably stick with that squad. The thing that I think people sleep about or forget about too is that Travis Darno was hurt like the whole year and they were rolling with like Alex Jackson, who was terrible for the Marlins. William Contreras. Contreras, who's not good. Um, you know, they, they were really making it work and Darno was a phenomenal catcher. He's going to be there, hopefully healthy for the whole season next year. They extended him. It's a good team. And the bullpen really settled in at the end, which I think is a huge boost for them too. It's a good team. I, I know we talked about this, but just so I remember having it squared up, both Jock Peterson and Adam Duvall have mutual options for next year. Duvall is the weirdest case ever because he was played a, almost a full season in AAA in the middle of his big league career because he's been so up and down. So he doesn't meet the threshold to be a free agent, still has a year of control. So he declined the mutual option and now goes to arbitration. So he did that because he knows he's going to make more than, or thinks he's going to make more than 7 million in arbitration. Because he so will. the Braves have him under control. So that's the really interesting thing. So I guess Duval will be returning. Yeah, this CBA needs to kick in right now. Adam Duvall <laughs> is 33 years old and hasn't hit free agency. And he could decline an option and then you're still under control. Yeah. Like, hot psych, you're not a free agent. That's bullshit. <laughs> Third take, Carlos Correa signs an eight-year, $250 million deal with the Detroit Tigers. Here's my thinking. Oh, you didn't you say Yankees. Something? I just wanted to just, like, give you a thumbs up. Congratulate okay. me. High five. Thank you. Here's my thinking. AJ Hinch, former manager. There's that relationship there. When you look at the Tigers, how they're constructed, Their best prospects, Riley Green, Spencer Torkelson, Dylan Dingler. Dylan Dingler, the catcher. Torkelson, the corner infielder. Riley Green, the outfielder. We look at their pitching, Matt Manning. Um, Why am I forgetting? They've got Scooble. Tarek Scooble, Casey Mize. They got the arms. What do they need? A shortstop. Nico Goodrum, probably not the answer. They don't really have a shortstop prospect. Unless there's someone deep, deep down there. Gage Workman, high A, but he's not going to be ready in time. And he's a glove. If the Tigers want to win and they want to spend any money and they want to get a guy like that, Carlos Correa is the answer. He signs with the Detroit Tigers. And maybe I'm even low on the actual contract because he might get 10 years. I love how you're saying Detroit. 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 The Detroit Uh, Tigers. Hey, I'm going to do the ASMR thing I did on yesterday's pod. You ready? Yes. That's not even a hot take. This is an L account. <laughs> yeah, not nice lukewarm take, Peter. <laughs> is no, that even lukewarm? Because uh, uh, we got people in the comments being like, that is the worst take, or people being like, that's not hot enough. So you got, you got you positives win. and negatives on both sides. You know, only, only your co-hosts' opinions matter. But no, I, like I think that's hot enough, bro. Like, when's the last time the Tigers have given out a mega contract, Jack? When's the last time it's happened? Um, Miguel Cabrera doesn't count. Like, Why does he not count? Because, because they already had him. It was an extension. When's the last time they've Prince signed a Fielder? Was he? Did he do anything? Who? Oh, actually. Prince Fielder Prince signed like a big-ass deal with the Tigers? Oh, yeah. And then he had that. The, the neck the, injury, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he had to retire. Um. So, I mean, like, that's the point. I, I think it's it's a hot enough take given that the Tigers have not done anything in free agency for a long time. I like it. Um, I think it's not as hot as the other takes, but it, I'll still give it hot designation. 
Um, Dude, I would still give it hot designation. Good call, Peter. Prince Fielder signed nine years, 214 with the Tigers in 2012. Marlins offered him a little bit less, and he uh, went to the Tigers. He was set to be an unrestricted free agent after the 2021 season. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's crazy. It shows you how short his career was cut. I mean, he would still be under contract. He's 37 years old. I mean, he wouldn't necessarily be like he would no. be on the older side. Yeah, but he wouldn't Probably be, be like, Max Scherzer is 37. Right. He'd be DHing and crushing bombs still. I, Nelson Cruz really is, is 58. I think Prince could have been a Hall of Famer. I, I really think Prince. I do too. Could have been, I think we were, there was 500 home runs in his life. It's, it's really a shame. Um, I mean, obviously he had some awesome moments, but that one, I remember when it happened. I mean, that, that one really hit me hard. I was always a big Prince fan. Oh, yeah. Take four. Camillo Duvall of the San Francisco Giants by the end of the season becomes the best reliever in baseball. Here's my thinking. The best reliever in baseball title gets changed around every year. Yeah. Josh Hader has held that title, I guess, for the last two years. But we've seen Devin Williams make a a play at that. We've seen Liam Hendricks. We've seen so many Aroldis Chapman. We've seen a lot of relievers claim that title. I think Camilo Duvall, after this season, will have that type of season where we say that young 23-year-old or 24-year-old, he is the future of the relief pitcher position. Jack 101 wipeout slider, a dog in the playoffs. And he's young and he's on a team that knows what to do with him, which matters. Yeah. I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt here because you're right. The, the title of best reliever in baseball changes on like a month by month basis. You remember first month of the 2021 season Alex Reyes was the best reliever in baseball and then like it always changes so I think at some point you might look at Doval as as the guy um you could also look at the former electrician who beat the yips Tyler Matzik right like there is such a fluctuation when it comes to best reliever in baseball but I am going to push back on you saying he's the future of relievers because I think the future of the relief pitching position is Michael Kopech is somebody that can stretch to four, right? Do you even want that? Yeah. I don't want Do that. you want that? Uh, no, <laughs> I want Kopech to be a starter. <laughs> like, I want I the people mean, that can go five to be starting pitchers because that's what starting pitchers are. But in 2021, in the back half of the season, they weren't that. So if that has to be a position, then I want it. I think we were just having two different conversations, kind of like when I'm saying the future of the relief position, I mean like, we look at him down the line as we're going to start comparing other relievers to the best reliever in baseball, Camilo Duvall. Oh, that's not really changed the way the actual relief pitcher position is used in baseball. Yes. Okay. So I'm going to say no to Duvall. Okay. I'm going to say yes to Emmanuel Classe. I mean, he's such a train. If you say yes, that's perfectly fine with me. He is disgusting. Yeah. Take number five. This one's a little bit, a little bit, this position, much harder to change because there's one guy who's been at the top for a while. Take number five. Walker Bueller finishes the year with an ERA under two, wins the National League Cy Young, and is declared the best overall pitcher in baseball. Now, here's my thinking. Jacob DeGrom, still regarded as the best pitcher in baseball. No doubt about it. We're all in that same boat. He's been dealing with injuries. It's been a history now. This year, as we look forward next year, if he has a season where he gets hurt again, or maybe he takes a small step back, maybe do we look at someone like a Walker Bueller with all the history that Walker Bueller has been able to do in baseball so far? He's a playoff guy. He's consistently one of the best pitchers in baseball. And I love everything about the dude. I think he is a horse. He's got championship pedigree. He's got pedigree back at Vanderbilt. I think this guy is the new dude. And he's personally, I think, right now, probably in the top three or four. And I think if he has the season that I predict, he becomes number one. I think it really is a matter of DeGrom, what he does health-wise, right? Like if, if he's if he's there, if he's available, can anybody outpitch DeGrom? Is Walker Bueller capable at the absolute peak 
of outpitching DeGrom and what DeGrom did the first half of this year? Probably right. not. So you're, is it a bet? It's a little bit, obviously it's a bet on Walker Bueller, but it's also a little bit of a, you know, taking the chance that DeGrom doesn't quite ever come back to that 200 inning guy, which is, is kind of concerning because I, I think it's very possible too. And Jack, yeah. you had a pretty much the opposite take. I not the opposite because yeah, not the opposite. Yeah, but I think I think Aram just hit the nail on the head, and we actually have to check the average uh, viewership for World Series games because Aram and I actually have a bet going. Um, before I before I get to this Walker Bueller thing, I do want to fill you in on the bet. Uh, the loser of the bet. Actually, I'll just tell you what the bet is before I tell you what the loser had to do. The bet was that I thought the World Series would average under 9 million viewers per game. Arm thought it would average over 9 million viewers per game. My thinking was I didn't think people were watching live television anymore. And 2020, the ratings during COVID showed that. Everybody was streaming. Nobody was watching live television. 2021, you saw it a little bit, but baseball's ratings were up during the regular season, during the postseason as well. Aram, do you have the answer for average nightly viewership of the World Series games? Yes, the answer is... I don't know what the actual average is across all the games, but it's definitely way more than whatever we agreed upon because there wasn't a singular game under 10 million uh, in viewership. Game okay. six had 14 million. Uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, 13.6 million in game five, 10, 11, 10, 11, 12. So over nine. So that means the next time Aram and I do a podcast, which is going to be a Monday release, I have to preface every point I make by saying something super nice about Aram. I love it. So that that's what you can look forward to on the Monday episode. But getting back to Walker Bueller and Jacob deGrom, Aram, I think you n- hit the nail on the head. I'm going to save all my compliments for the Monday episode because I don't have that many. Ooh! Ooh! Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I said one of my five bold takes was that Jacob deGrom stays healthy for the entirety of the year and has 300 strikeouts. With that being said, I Walker Bueller is my favorite pitcher to watch in baseball right now because he does everything well. And he's got laser command of all five pitches that he throws and he throws all of them in like the top percentile of velocity. He is so good. He's so mechanically sound. His delivery is like porn. It's awesome. (laughs) It's so fluid. It's so porn is awesome. (laughs) It's It's awesome. (laughs) I will say this. I think Walker Bueller can finish with an ERA under two, uh-huh. but I think Jacob deGrom is still going to be the best pitcher on the planet. I think it's fair. I think it's totally fair. I don't even think, I think your take is kind of lukewarm. Yeah. That's what I got to say about it. Let, let's yeah. move on to your second one. I agree. No, let's that get into my five. Uh, let's get into my five. They were in the freezer. I took them out of the freezer for five hours and then I put it in the microwave for 30 <laughs> seconds. So nothing happened. Um, there's not even any like residual cold. And you got, like, These the are my weird, five lukewarm like, takes. Yeah, with like the water, like that, like like the uh, like grayish water just coming down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my takes suck. Yeah, um, gray water. Number one was Degrom stays healthy, gets three hundred strikeouts. I think the hotter take is Degrom stays healthy for a full year. We were talking about it earlier in the regular season. I don't think it's possible for a human being to sit one hundred and one with a fastball and stay healthy for the entirety of the year. We should give him roids. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm in on PEDs. Match, he just comes next year. He's gained 40 pounds and he looks like Stanton. <laughs> Sitting 110. Sitting 110. <laughs> Painting. <laughs> yeah. So that was that. Um, I don't know. Peter, do you have thoughts on that? Not really. I mean, I think, I think if he stays healthy, he has as good of a chance of reaching 300 Ks as anyone except maybe Shane Bieber. Um, I just, I don't think personally he's going to stay healthy, but I hate saying that because I want him to. I just, the human body, I don't know as he goes into his thirties that he can continue to maintain that type of velocity start over start. And if the Mets are going to make the playoffs, then he's going into the playoffs, making all those starts. I hope, I actually hope I'm wrong. I just, I have a feeling that it won't work out like that. 
Yeah, I hear you. Um, my other take was Tyler O'Neill is going to be a top 10 player in baseball by year's end. Love that idea. Love that one. I just, I mean, look at the year he had. Arms yawning. Yeah, sorry. Just not that hot. He did kind of have a top 10 offensive season this year, or at least top 15. Yeah, but I don't think anybody's. I don't, I don't think, think anyone's arm. We're not him. calling him a top 10 player. He's saying he's jumping into that top 10. That's a hot take. Maybe maybe it's because I agree. I think he can be in that range. I also could see him hitting a hitting a wall. I guess there's no in between with him. So I'll give you that one. I'll he strikes out one. a lot. He does strike out a lot. But if he lowers that, the world know, is the roster. Yep. Yeah. Another one here, I think this was my least bold take, was Tim Anderson's going to win his second batting title. I think we'll save my yawn for that one. Yeah, the OBP is is really low, but the batting average is always really high because he's a free swinger. He puts bat on ball all the time, and I think it's totally within the realm of possibility. I'm willing to say probability that he finishes in the top three in the AL and batting average. I think he finishes number one. Also, everyone makes fun of his batting average on balls in play, right? Like he's a Babbitt merchant, as as the finer folks call him. The thing is, he's fast as hell, and he knows how to get on base. And when this consistently happens year over year, maybe he just understands where to put the ball. Yep. His BABIP is his BABIP. Like, that, it's normalized at where it's at. It's a high right. BABIP. At some point, it it's just he's a high BABIP guy who gets on base from hits all I think, the time. I think we were at that point two years ago. I, I don't know why people bring up his BABIP as if it's a reason to to – Slight knock him. a 330 batting average. He gets on base. He and hits I, the ball. Yeah, it just it just is what it is. Like he puts the ball in play and he gets on base on a high percentage of them. Like it's normalized at this point. The sample size is large enough to know that that is always going to be where his BABIP is at. It's always going to be one of the higher in baseball and he can sustain it. Uh, BABIP is used to, to find abnormalities. If a guy's BABIP is way higher than it normally is, then you can point towards him being a little bit lucky. Tim Anderson's is routinely in the same area. And I think if you use that to, you know, discount him, you're not using the stat properly. Yeah, I agree. Uh, My next take is Shane Bieber and Jose Ramirez both get traded by the guardians in separate deals. And they get two of the largest prospect halls that we've seen maybe in major league history, each of those two deals, because the contract that they are on and how freaking good at baseball both of them are, I think this is set up for multiple, multiple top 50 prospects. Imagine this. Julio Rodriguez and Emerson Hancock for Jose Ramirez. Oh, that's insane. Could you, you imagine I that? Say? I think Julio Rodriguez is going to be better than Jose Ramirez. It's hard. I am in love with Julio Rodriguez. I, I think, think this is the next one of the best hitters in baseball. I mean, Jose Ramirez is right there. So I just said that because, you know, comparing them, but I, that's how highly I think of Julio Rodriguez. I'd still trade him for Jose Ramirez in two Me seconds. Two. I, two freaking I seconds. Yeah, I would too, I guess. But I agree. I agree. I mean, that's why I would think it'd be a great deal for both sides. Uh, could you imagine the Mariners w- with Ramirez now? You you swap out Seager for Ramirez, like that's that's sick. I don't think I don't think Julio gets traded. Obviously, uh, and Ramirez, not there's not that many teams that have the prospect capital, so it should be pretty fun uh, to see if that ends up happening. You know what kind of deal we see because yeah, it is one of the most team friendly contracts you'll ever find. And then my final take that I had previously put out on the talk in the talkosphere, the talk uh, was. Christian Yelich regains his health, regains the prettiest swing in baseball, returns to MVP form. This is, I hope, I feel like just hopefulness. I hope. I hope. Do you like, was there something that you said this is the reason why, or is it just kind of hopeful? Because at least for me, nothing during the regular season, maybe I guess you could just say injuries but that came out to me and said, he's going to come back next year. What I just saw was a guy who just looks like a different player. Yeah. What are we going to do for the next four months, Aram? Uh, What do you mean? I think we're going to wait for baseball to come back. Oh yeah, of course. 
So what happens when there's no baseball? The baseball players don't have to play baseball. Yeah. They can just get healthy. Yeah. Yeah, I hope. If you give yeah. Christian Yelich four months to get healthy, I don't know. I hope so. I hope so. Because you know, baseball is better when guys like Christian Yelich are, are performing at their best. And yeah. the Brewers, with, with a, you know, they already said they're going to address that offense. Um, we know how much it stalled out at the end. It was a big reason why we were nervous about them. We know what their pitching's capable of. We know what their bullpen looks like. If they address that offense, that's that's a scary team. Could even be the favorite to win the division. And those are my takes. So let's go with our new hotter takes. Aram's got five. Peter and I both have three. Aram, you're going to start. We're going to go around the horn, and then you're going to finish as well. So what's your first one? So my first one is that the Mariners win the AL West. I think that the Mariners take the division. I think the Astros take a step back next year. Um, A little bit of the World Series hangover. A little bit of the fact that you're losing the best shortstop in baseball pretty much. Um, At least, you know, by by war standpoint, aside from Tatis, what he does defensively, what he does offensively, who's replacing Carlos Correa? Who's playing shortstop? Are you moving Bregman from third? Great then who's playing jerk. third? Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> you know, what, what are you doing? And then McCullers, like, let's hope he's 100% next year. Uh, but I think Framber Valdez showed some vulnerability. I think you, you got to be happy with Garcia. But there's definitely some questions there. Uh, I, I just don't know if, if they're that dominant team the same way next year. And let's be real. The Mariners were awesome. And – I'm sold on it. Like they're only going to get better. I believe in Jerry DePoto. They have all of the assets in the world. Uh, They made trades to position themselves to bolster themselves this, this year. Julio Rodriguez is going to be up uh, at some point early in the season. I really believe so. Uh, Especially if we fix the service time thing, Uh, Jared Kelnick, had a 130, 140 WRC plus over the end of the season, got some really important at-bats, and I think has a lot of confidence rolling into next year. Kyle Lewis will be healthy. They've got Kyle Seeger off the books. They've got money to spend. I think they're going to spend some money. This is going to be a very, very good team, and they've got a lot of assets in the pipeline to go make some deals. I want to follow up quickly by saying that I'm going to watch more Seattle Mariners games than any other team in baseball, maybe more than I watch the White Sox and the Cubs. Because in the outfield, they've got Kelnick, J-Rod, Kyle Lewis, Taylor Trammell, if they want to move him in there, right? And Jake Fraley, defensive legend. Jake Fraley, defensive legend. For some reason, I'm a big fan of Cal Raleigh, and I do like that infield, too. I think we'll figure it out. I think so, too. Ty Francis, God. Don't forget Mitch Hanniger. But you say Kikuchi is now gone. More money to spend. More money. Uh, Diego Castillo is a legit major league closer and an all-star caliber major league closer. And then let me let me just paint the picture for a possible starting rotation for the Seattle Mariners here. That will include George Kirby, Matt Brash, Emerson Hancock, Justice Sheffield. Keep naming people. Those are all Chris people. Flexen Chris will Flex. be the Logan Gilbert. They got dudes. Justin Dunn. God. Justin Dunn. Stars. I can't even believe you said Justice Sheffield. I mean, shout yeah, out yeah, Justice yeah. Sheffield, but he's probably eighth in that. I think he's good. I think he's, he's fine. He's fine. Justin Dunn was really good this year before he was hurt. I thought he looked really strong. Shout out Boston College. They, they've they got some dudes. I mean, I, I really like what they've built over there. And, I mean, Marco Gonzalez even was a really solid like back-end lefty guy at points last year. I think Gilbert's going to put it together. They've got money to spend. I could see them going to get a Marcus Stroman type. Um, I don't know if Stroman will go to Seattle, but I'm saying I could see them going for one of those kinds of free agents because they have the money opening up here uh, between Seager and Kikuchi. And I also I also think they might be players for a shortstop. I, J.P. Crawford's good. He's good. But how about a Trevor Story? How about one of those guys? Yeah, well, they know that they have some controllability with a lot of their young core. They don't have to pay a lot of their young core for a while. Maybe they go get a big time shortstop and spend. Uh, I would love to see that. Well, hey, Aram, uh, you know, you, you bring up Marcus Stroman being a possibility there. I just saw Keith Law of The Athletic, who does exceptional work, uh, put Marcus Stroman as a top as a top five starting or as a top five free agent 
uh, in this upcoming class. So those are two guys that are that are awesome. You know, Marcus Stroman, I can't see his tweets. And uh, Keith Law is always very warm and welcoming. So I always like talking about those two guys. Peter, what's your next hot take? <laughs> I just thought that Ed Boybar was hilarious. <laughs> All right. Well, I like the Seattle Mariners take, but I don't think it's that hot. I think we, I mean, to win the division, I like it, you know, but how about an actual burning hot take from your boy? (laughs) Max Scherzer signs with the Los Angeles Angels for four years, $120 million, and wins the American League Cy Young in his first season with the team, and the Los Angeles Angels win the division. What the fuck? Exactly. Max Scherzer, if he elects to become a free agent, he wants to stay in Los Angeles. The Angels are going to give a lot of money and they need a starting pitcher. What are you guys doing? This could possibly happen. Four years, 120 is not out of the realm of possibility. Yes, it is. Mike Trout comes. Why is that out of the realm of possibility? He's 37. So what? He He wants a deal into his 40s, reported by John Heyman. So do I. Someone's <laughs> going to give him that amount of money. And if it's going to be a team, it's going to be the Angels. I'll bet yeah, you, you nobody can gives shake a on a super hot take. You're right. It may not actually happen. But if someone's going to give him that kind of contract, the Angels are a team that might. They need the starting pitching. Don't you think they learned their lesson from Pujols? No. No. Or Josh Hamilton? Or Rendon? No. I don't think that they did. Or Justin Upton? Do you so you don't think they're going to sign big free agents this way? I don't think. I think they might sign a, a non thirty-seven year old to a four-year deal or thirty-eight year old. I, I just if you're a team like my, the Angels, here's my thinking. Can I say this? They're in win now mode. Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, Anthony Rendon's coming back. They need a guy who they know is going to be immediately good. When you look at all the other guys, Kevin Gosman, he had a great season in San Francisco. We don't know what he's going to be again. We think he's going to be good. A guy like Robbie Ray, another great season with Toronto. Then we're looking at other guys like a Clayton Kershaw. Max Scherzer could be immediately that guy to slot in and win now mode, and they pay him as much money as he deserves because he's not like he's fallen off either. I'll give you credit. It's, it's a hot take. Yeah, I'm speechless. Good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's a hot one. Um. I'd, I'd give Marcus Stroman eight years before I did that, I think. <laughs> we'll see. All right. I, I've, got, I've got one. Wh- here. What kind of contract do you guys think he gets? Two years with a third-year option. Yeah. Maximum. He showed that he is still one of the best pitchers in baseball. Still. Yeah. Lock and change and drop off quick. Yeah. He's throwing 96. He got tired in the postseason. He got tired. He said it. He got tired. Like, I wouldn't give that guy four years, especially when I'm a new GM in Perry Manassian. But, hell, I'd love it. Not my money. I mean, listen, Max Scherzer's arsenal is is the type to drop off drastically when it's time to do so. Adam Wainwright was kind of the opposite. Curveballs can withstand the test at time. 96 and a wipeout slider can't. So... I think the decline is going to be quick for Scherzer. I think if there's a decline, it's not going to be next year. What about the year after that, the year after that, or the year after that? So where do you think he drops off to? Because you guys are being, you guys are being pretty harsh on a guy who just had a fantastic year finished is going to finish top two, three and four and Cy Young. I'm going to give him two years, 65. I think $33 million is fair Mm -hmm. for two years. My thing was, I saw the report that Max Scherzer is actively searching for a contract that goes into his 40s. If he is doing that, who is a team that has a propensity to overpay for these types of players? The The Los Angeles Angels. They need pitching. He wants to stay in Los Angeles. That's where the hot take comes from. Remember, hot takes don't always come true. I said Wander Franco is going to win the MVP. I'm just saying there's, there's... I think it makes sense in hindsight. I don't think it's just dumbassery. Yeah, you make sense. Okay, let's get to my take here as my dog barks in the background. Arm um, thinks it's dumbassery. Let the record show. I didn't say anything. I the see record your face. can't show something I didn't say. I see your face. I think Logan Webb has a sub-2 ERA. Oh. 
<laughs> That's crazy. That's sick, though. I love it. Jack's just sitting there smiling. Arm, what do you think? <laughs> I, Logan Webb was a certified dog in the postseason. I mean, let's be real. The guy was just unhittable. Uh, I love it. I love it. I mean, I would like it if ERA mattered. Um, I don't know why you're cite- – how many wins is he going to have, bro? Like any <laughs> other stupid stats you want to cite? Do you hear me say that Tony LaRusso's favorite stat is hits? <laughs> yeah, just hits. His favorite stat is hits. Hits don't matter either. No, <laughs> but, you know, the, I, I like it because I thought Webb took his game to another level in the postseason. I think he's kind of built to be an ace at this point. We, we talked about how he kind of staked his claim on being an ace. Um, two ERA or below a two ERA is pretty freaking nuts, but I mean, this is a nuts segment, so I'm with it. What's your next one, Arm? My next one, <laughs> I gotta, I'm gonna get the Homer one out of the way. Trevor Rogers wins the Cy Young and comfortably. Uh, I think Trevor Rogers, if he doesn't miss the, the month of time that he ended up missing due to, uh, you know, family circumstances. I think he would have probably won rookie of the year and he probably would have finished in the top five in Cy Young voting Uh, a little stat that I I know I told you guys a little while back, but just think this is an important stat since 1950, only three rookie starters have had an ERA or, and FIP under 2.7 and more than 10 strikeouts per nine innings. Dwight Gooden in 1984, Francisco Liriano in 2006, and Trevor Rogers in 2021. I think he's as special as it gets. He's shown that he's durable. His stuff is ridiculous. He's in a good pitcher's park. I think he wins the Cy Young, and uh, I'm a big fan. I love the take. I'm a huge fan of his, and I'm a bigger fan of Francisco Liriano in 2006. <laughs> what a dog he was. was I love that take. I'm all over Trevor Rogers. I love the rookie of the year pick. You know, I've watched a couple of starts. He has everything you want in a big old lefty guy who throws a lot of innings and ends up being an anchor for your staff. I love Sandy Alcantara too much to say that Trevor Rogers wins the Cy Young. I think Sandy has just as good a shot, maybe better. Um, I just love this young Marlins rotation. I think it's, I think it's fantastic. I think Trevor Rogers' best skill is durability. He he strikes me as a super durable arm. And if he can do that, if he can log 200 innings like his his running mate, Sandy, that'd be awesome. I mean, it'd be unbelievable. And I think he has the baseline of the fastball where like that thing, even he could tell you it's coming and he throws it and it has so much life to it that guys can't hit it. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I, I think that's something that just gives you such a good baseline. Even when your secondaries are off, you can still ride the fastball and turn in six innings, two, three runs and, and compete. And to me, that's kind of what you need. We saw down the stretch when we were always talking Cy Young, who's going to win it. You have a one or two blow up starts, you're screwed. Uh, yeah. Trevor Rogers is pretty impervious to to the blow up start, and that's why I think he could sneak in and, and be in the conversation. Peter, what's your next one? Michael Conforto signs with the Chicago White Sox to play right field and makes his first All Star appearance since 2017. The White Sox they need a lefty, and Adam Angle, Brian Goodwin, they're fine but I don't think that they really do the job and the White Sox really need to make the next step. I like him in the outfield there. He obviously had a bad season with the Mets, but I think he's still a really, really good hitter. He had bad year defensively as well. I think the Mets were just in shambles. I We've heard that there were locker room troubles. We've heard the new story that came out, Francisco Lindor putting Jeff McNeil's throat to the wall choking him I think there was problems in the locker room I don't think what we saw was the real Conforto I'm in on Michael Conforto I think he signs with the White Sox and I think he makes an all-star appearance in his first year with the team and some good leadership by Lindor yeah that's your leader you guys hear that story he really wants to win yeah he's just focused on winning ball game he wants to win so bad that he'll choke you out yeah so this is a leader this is the story so I mean we read and it was they went down into the tunnel and how they covered it up, I guess, was the they said it was a squirrel in the tunnel that they were all looking at, but it was really a fight between Francisco Lindor and Jeff McNeil. And it was over field positioning. So Francisco Lindor told him to move over. He said, shut up. I know what I'm doing. And then I guess he got in the line of throwing from Lindor runner was safe. 
they had an altercation in the dugout. I just think this Mets team was too talented for there not to be problems in that locker room that kind of maybe broke them apart. Maybe Conforto. I don't know. This is all conjecture. I, is- I get it though. I, you yeah. know, there was, there was one time where, you know, I posted a TikTok and forgot to, you know, put the right title on it. And, and Peter choked me out. Yeah. He just choked was him not. out. Yeah. It was crazy. But I, you know what? Almost killed you. I came out afterwards and respected him more. And I think you came out a better happened. TikToker. Yep. I came out and, I, and I, now I respect Peter more as a leader and as, as you know, the co-founder of this site. And I think I wish we was doing tunnel. the same thing with the Mets doing the same thing with the Mets. I wish we had a tunnel where we could just go settle differences. Just go fight. That's what the tunnel's <laughs> for. Yeah, that'd be good. Um, here's what I do want to say about this. Uh, Peter, good content creator, better leader, and he's willing to choke people out. He's willing um, to. <laughs> and I'm also willing, if someone wants to give me a Francisco Lindor contract, I'll take that as well. Yeah, I, it was so obvious for somebody not living in New York and not watching a ton of Mets games, but just like following very at a very pedestrian level what was going on with the Mets, that it was Lindor and Baez versus literally everybody else by the end of the yeah, year. seemed like that. So what Horrible. do you think? I mean, you're a white sex guy. What do you, would you like Michael Conforto? Yeah, give him to me. Yeah. <laughs> I want Conforto. Uh, I think that Gavin Sheets can hold it down there, and I think that Andrew Vaughn should be an everyday player. But I'm not going to turn down Michael Conforto, who absolutely has all-star capability in 2022. I think that's a, a very good piece. If he's not asking for crazy money, yeah. I'm I don't think he it. will. That's what I'm saying. I think, I think he just wants years. I, if yeah. you give him three years, I think he, he wants that more than like the, the QO for one big year. I think he wants just a few years of stability. Um, and, and I think, I think he's going to bounce back. He's too good of a hitter. I, I'm, I'm, I think everybody kind of feels that way. He's always been a guy that I think has always looked like a smooth, nice swing, good approach. Victim of circumstance, I think, a little bit this year. It's contagious when when the environment's not not really one that's great to play in. And, and I could see that really having an effect on him. And I could see being in that locker room with a bunch of guys who can flat out hit being good for him over with the White Sox. And I'm sure La Russa has had more than enough players that have struggled and has, you know, helped them bounce back and can probably provide a lot of context to what Conforto went through last year. And I'm sure La Russa will be a good effect on him, too, if that was the case and he went there. Yeah, I don't think Tony's going to choke anybody out in a tunnel. No, at least that we know of. No. Yeah, he was ready to choke out an opponent, but he goes to war for his guys, which I love. Except your um, Mercedes. Except, uh, he kind of he kind of went to war with your mean Mercedes. What I've heard about that interaction is your mean got very in his own head, and Larusa was going with the tough love route with him. Uh, Larusa is very good at managing players. He's not good at the other stuff, like <laughs> knowing baseball in 2021 <laughs> and interacting with people outside the team. But in terms of interacting with his players, what I've heard so far is that players really enjoyed Tony this past year. Seemed like it. Seemed like it. So give me a so, hot take. Here's my hot take, and it has nothing to do with the White Sox. I wanted to put together a boiling hot take on the San Diego Padres, and I'm doing it. Um, I was going to say that they were going to finish sub 500 again, but then I, I had this Nirvana moment where I said, holy shit, Clevenger's coming back. Lamette's going to be healthy. Snell's probably not going to suck as bad as he did this year. I don't know what Darvish is going to do. Don't really care. CJ Abrams is going to be healthy and he might come up. Um, I'm not even banking on Mackenzie Gore. And then Ryan Weathers is going to be healthy too. And I said, with that starting rotation, with Bob Melvin as the manager, with shakeups in the front office pretty much everywhere besides general manager. I think the Padres are going to win the world series. Oh, <laughs> Oh, okay. Told you it was a hot take. I almost, one of my hot takes I was going to bring up, but then I decided against it. The Padres don't make the playoffs again. <sighs> I think the Padres might win the world series. I, I think it might be either or though. Yeah, I really think they're going to catch fire or just plummet again. Yeah, I think they're going to catch fire. I was thinking yeah. plummet, and then I like did some soul searching, and then yeah. I said they're going to win it. That's that was my that was my thinking. It was they're either going to suck or they're going to win the whole thing. Yeah, I don't I think, think there's any it, in between. Yeah. A lot of it's on Prowler. I think he's got to make the right moves this offseason, and they don't have a lot of assets. I would probably look to make a trade, and I would trade Mackenzie Gore. 
Um, I don't know what he's worth you're at just, this point. You're, I mean, yeah, you're getting the bottom of the barrel then because you're I, trading him at his lowest value. I mean, we just or, saw what he did in the Arizona Fall League. What do you have, lower. a 6-5 ERA? It might go lower. I, I, I'm looking to make a couple moves. I think they're going to sign somebody too. I think they'll probably still go get a starting pitcher. I don't think you can count on Lamette being healthy. It's been a lot of recurring injuries. Uh, let's be real. They're as talented as it gets. They've got one of the best players in baseball. Uh, I could see it. You know, I could see it all clicking. And I think Jake Cronenworth is one of the most underrated players in baseball. Still, even though people are aware of how good he is, I still think he's underrated. I could see it. I could see it. I think Austin Nola is a big X factor too. And don't sleep on Luis Camposano. Could make his way up to the big leagues this year also. Totally. Uh, so it's my uh, turn, right? Yep. yep. Your next one. So <laughs> let me get comfortable for this one. Ryan Mountcastle will hit 50 home runs next season. <laughs> That's 50. a hot take. And I love 50. it. 5 0 Crush Davis esque from the right side. He's doing it to Hitters Park. He's got some of the best power numbers, uh, especially down the stretch in all of baseball. 16 home runs over his last 47 games. He's settled in big time. He's got prolific power. Give me Ryan Mountcastle 50 bombs next year. Yeah, that short fence in left at Camden Yards is a homer factory. Wow. You can't, you can't prove that through stats. It's just feel. Expected slugging, throw all the window. I love it. I love it. I love it. If it, it. happens, that's the, it'll be the coolest thing ever. I'm, every time Mountcastle hits a home run, I'm going to be amped. This is one that I will be absolutely following the entire year. I'll forget about the other things I said. Mountcastle, 50 bombs. I'm manifesting it. Uh, it's happening. My take, my hot take, Big Meat Pete unleashes the ultimate meat in the 2022 season, sets his personal record for home runs with 54 and leads all of baseball in home runs. Well, that'll be tough. Mountcastle at 55. I know that was my hot take. I, I saw Pete Alonso this year. I thought he actually had a really great season. He hit 37 bombs. When I said about the expected slugging with Arm, at least with Pete Alonso, the expected slugging was really high. The max exit velocity, 118, you know, in the 99th percentile, the, the hard hit percentage, all of it. I mean, we know what Pete Alonso is. Can this be the season that he goes back to those ways and hits 54 home runs. Yes. Got a feeling. I think so. Yeah. I mean, this, this is a guy that on a nightly basis was ripping 115 mile an hour ground balls to the second baseman, like going the other way. So fucking hard. And he also like, he's hitting a bunch of doubles. We saw what he does in the home run derby. He has some of the best power in baseball. Wouldn't be shocked if he sets his own record. He's yeah. a better hitter than people give him credit for, too. He I really think is. And he's only three seasons in, and he's 26 years old. He's I got some a, growing even to do. A really big key there is, is he showed that he can be more of a complete baseball player. Uh, going off of what Jack said, shooting him to second base. I mean, his strikeout rate dropped by nearly 6% this past year. The chase rate's improved. He's leveraging his hitter's counts better. He He's a guy that, you know, if you're going to hit 50-something home runs, I mean, yes, some of the guys are sellout power guys, but I think pitchers are so good these days. You got to be a good hitter too to do that. Like we see Vlad Guerrero Jr. and a lot of these guys that are hitting those home runs, you got to be a good hitter too. And and I think Pete Alonso is a good hitter, uh, and he showed that this year. I like it. All right, you ready for my final hot take? Rookie of the year predictions. National League rookie of the year, Alec Thomas with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I like that guy's a fucking beast. <laughs> I love Alec Thomas. He's high so floor. good. High floor, high floor, high floor, right? Hit 283 with a 134 WRC plus in 72 games at double A this year. And then in 34 games in triple A hit 369 with a 168 WRC plus. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy is a hitter. He's a really athletic human being. His dad is the strength and conditioning coach for the White Sox. I mean, he is such an athlete. He's going to come up. He's going to have the durability to play every day. And the swing is really pretty. Arm, I'm sure you've watched a ton of Alec Thomas. Tell me about Alec Thomas from your perspective before I get to my AL Rookie of the Year. 
Yeah, I, I love I love Alec Thomas. You know, his ceiling is is not wasn't quite as high as some of the other prospects. So I feel like that was part of the reason why he didn't get quite as much credit. But then he just showed like he's just a hitter. And, and I think there's a lot of moving parts to his swing. But you talk about his athleticism. He is able to make those moving parts work and he repeats it so well that you can't doubt his hit tool anymore. And he's got a great approach. He is able to make adjustments between pitches. I'm sold on this guy 100%. I think he's one of the safer bets in all of the prospect world right now. And I think he'll be up really early, which is a big key in the rookie of the year thing as well. I, I love Alec Thomas. And not to mention, he's also playing good defense in center. Uh, yeah. he, he's, he's a great pick. I love it. Here's was, my uh, AL. Yeah. You no, I was just going to say I was considering one of my hot takes being the Arizona Diamondbacks set the MLB record for losses at 120 next year, <laughs> but it's not. I don't think that's going to happen, but I wanted to just be crazy, but that's too much. Second part of my hot take, my rookie of the year prediction. The person I'm picking is not a hot take here, but the way of winning is a hot take. I think Bobby Witt Jr., even with Adley Rutschman and Grayson Rodriguez and Shane Boz all being rookies next year, I think Bobby Witt Jr. is going to win the AL Rookie of the Year unanimously. Wow. I think he's going to have that strong of a year. He's going to be the type of guy we talk about, like, this was what Wander Franco did, but for an entire season. And he's going to get, he might get MVP votes his rookie year. Wow. I love I believe it. in it too. I mean, but what about Randy Rosarena? He could win it again next year. <laughs> yeah. yeah. True. God damn it. Ian He's Anderson gotta, might actually qualify yeah, for AL Rookie of the Year. Yeah. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. If they can beat out those guys, he's in good shape. He's in good shape. Five tool player, man. I love the take. I mean, Bobby Wood Jr. is next up. I mean, this is the next. I, I gave him a Trevor Story comp. That's why I think he'll be, but better. So, but better. Yeah. But better. I, I love it. I love it. Well, well, to piggyback off of that, um, my I have two more, I guess. So I'll just fly through both of them. The Royals will win 90 plus games next year. Uh, I think that it's hot because they were really terrible in the second half, like really faded. I know Pete liked them going into the year, but they they really faded. So I thought it was hot enough, given how much of a wall they hit. Um, I think that their pitchers are going to figure it out. A little bit. I think Brady Singer is going to finally have it click for him in that third kind of third season under his belt. I believe in Daniel Lynch still. I think he's got good stuff. Uh, Hernandez, Carlos Hernandez came up and was a dude for them, which is a nice little bonus. I think they're going to go out and spend a little bit too. They they think that they're closer to winning uh, than a lot of people give them credit for, and I agree. And they thought they were closer last year, which is kind of funny. Uh, but I actually do think they're getting there, and I I believe they're going to spend a little bit uh, strategically. And also, you mentioned if Bobby Wood Jr. is having the kind of year that Jack thinks he's going to have, that's quite the boost to your team. MJ Melendez led the minor leagues in home runs. He's going to be up there, whether he's playing third or wherever the hell they're going to put him. South, he's still going to catch. But I think they're going to split the time behind the dish, too. Um, I like that. I like Kyle Isbell. I think he's really underrated in the outfield. They've got a good little ball club there. Don't forget, Nicky Lopez had a magical year last year. Alberto Mondesi, if he's healthy. They've got assets too, and I think they're going to go wheel and deal and be creative. This is a sneaky good team. It's all going to have to click for them to win 90 games, but I'm not ruling it out. And then on the AL Rookie of the Year side, Tristan Casas wins AL Rookie of the Year. I think it's a hot take because it's really hard for a rookie to break in on a team as talented as the Red Sox uh, and get that kind of playing time out of the gate. I think he's going to overthrow Bobby Dalbeck. And I think Dalbeck will still get some starts against lefties, but you're going to see him really in situations to succeed. They're going to shield him from lefties a little bit, and he's going to pulverize right-handed pitchers. I think Tristan Casas on top of that is going to hit 25 plus jacks next year, maybe even 30 jacks if he gets up early enough. I love the Tristan Casas take. I think he's going to be such a stud. Is it bad that I kind of starting to like Bobby Dalbeck? No. Because I think he could is a guy who could hit 40 home runs in this league. I think he, he has value. He just I can't hit value. I know, but I, he's so, still young, though. It's just someone's got to lock in on that swing. It's long. It's he doesn't imagine he doesn't this, though. Off speed. Yeah. You have Casas as a rookie going against the hard throwing right handers, and then you have Dalbeck going against the soft tossing lefties. 
Dalbeck eats in those specific situations and you protect Casas from the left on left early on in the career. You've got two guys in the most advantageous situations there. That first base position could be quite good for the Red Sox if you do that. But it's interesting. Why are the Red Sox? I hear that they're in on Rizzo. I hear that they might be in on Brandon Belt. Why are they going out Schwarber? Why are they going out looking for one if they have Casas, if they have Dalbeck? Maybe they don't believe in Dalbeck. I don't think they believe in Dalbeck. Or maybe those rumors aren't true. And I think a team like the Red Sox, you know, they believe in Casas, but they're still going to jump on an opportunity to, to get a veteran stud any day of the week. And I think that's kind of where they're at. And if Casas forces their hand, he forces their hand and they'll figure it out. All right, there we go. Tons of bold takes. 21 bold takes. Not too bad for the next season. And I, there's there's probably going to be some more teams that we didn't touch upon. So we might ne- even need to, you know, get a bold take for every single team. I think so. I think that's a good move. Um, you know, somebody that I'm I'm sure is going to invoke a lot of that, Nick Castellanos. We, we mentioned that, you know, we might dive into him in this podcast. But you know what? Uh, we're kind of tuckered out from all these bold takes. I, I did a lot of, uh, my heart rate was rising and falling throughout and this. We want to give Nick Castellanos and all of the free agents do specific episodes on free agency as we move closer, because at this point, rumors are rumors. But once we get some concrete details or literally anything, we're going to talk about it. Yes, exactly. So he's at Peter Apple 23. At Aram Leighton 8, I'm Jack underscore McMullen 11 on Twitter. At just BB Media on Twitter. Just baseball fans on TikTok and Instagram. What else? Twitch.tv slash just baseball. We got a Discord. Uh, find us on YouTube. You can watch the podcast there. Like, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell us what you like about the pod. Um, it's not the postseason anymore, but... The uh, Just Baseball and Pillbox Batco collab is still around. Sweet Just Baseball shirt. You can find that on Pillbox Batco. You can also find it in the uh, episode description. What else, Pete? Just subscribe to the podcast if you're enjoying it. Get it downloaded for your morning. We're going to be talking baseball all offseason long. Check us out on Just Gridiron fans. We started up a football page and beginning out picks. I like to always give the pick on here. I am taking Jets plus 10 and a half and the under 45 and a half. So if you're listening to this on Friday and that didn't hit, you know, not gambling advice, but if it did, you know, be a little bit more happy. And Aram, you hate Mike White. No, I love Mike White, bro. <laughs> but he I is the under. 30s, under 36 and a half pass attempts. And uh, yeah, it's going to happen. <laughs> Go Florida Panthers. Go Florida Panthers, Heat best team in the NBA, Florida Panthers best team in the NHL. Uh, talk to you later. Oh, wait, Man. hold on. Is is uh, Tyler Hero better than? No, that's not what it was. What was it? Is he in the same conversation? As? Luka Doncic. No! <laughs> that's what he said. That's what he said. I don't agree. But you know what? We're having the conversation, so he's technically in the same conversation. But of course he's not. Of course he's not. But that's another side bet that Jack and I have, by the way. 17 and a half points per game. Tyler Hero this season. I've I have the, the over. I have the over. He's averaging 22. Suck it, Jack. I've got the under. Julius Randle, best player in the country. Knicks, best team in the NBA. Thank you, everybody. buddy.